We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. You can follow me on X, not the tweet machine. That's a stupid name. But anyway, at Mike Dugar, M I K E D U G A R. Shout out to everyone who's been following us on YouTube and subscribing. Seahawks Man to Man, that's Seahawks Man, the number two man is the name of the channel. Appreciate all the love and support. Chris, holla at him. What is good, everybody? Speaking of all the love and support, we are at 2,940 subscribers, just 60 away from 3K. So if you haven't subscribed yet and you listen to the podcast, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, The Athletic, go ahead and subscribe so you can get to 3,000 before the season starts. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that's CKID206. And I know it's called X, but I'm sticking with Twitter. Yeah, that's that's a weird one. Elon, you gotta you are fumbling the bag there, brother. But uh anyway, we're coming to you uh the day after the Seahawks beat the Vikings 24-13 in the preseason opener for both teams. Shout out to Pete Carroll, Chris. Um, he did not really play anyone of consequence. I think he's getting very much better. He's uh, understanding. <laughs> yeah, he is slowly but surely. We'll see what happens in in game two, he mentioned that he really wanted to dedicate game one to the young players, um, which he did. Uh, but hopefully that continues in games two and three, um, because those those other guys, as you can see from uh, just you look at the guys that got hurt uh, in this game. We'll get to the whole game. But the guys who got hurt, you look at how that happened and you see just how simple it can be for a guy's whole trajectory to change. What happened to DS, which was nothing crazy. He just got rolled up on him like in a, on a kickoff and boom, knee is hurt. Uh, Kate Johnson also on a kickoff uh, got rocked a little bit, looked a little woozy and then got taken to the hospital. Uh, maybe the answer is just keep your guys off kickoffs, but we know it's not that simple. Um, so shout out to Pete didn't play his main guys. Um, Hopefully he keeps that the same uh, with the exception of any rookies like Cam Young didn't play Devin Witherspoon. I would like to see those guys out there. So uh, that's one. I believe it was what, what podcast was it, Chris? Which one was it where we declared that Jake Bobo is my boy? Was that just two the last one? It was two, that was weeks, two weeks ago. Yeah. Was two weeks ago. Yeah, he's earned that. 
he is yeah bobo has he has earned that uh man i'm he he made me look good i was very happy about that um because of all the injuries to receiver and you know sitting dk and tyler i believe bobo started the game uh which is uh, pretty pretty impressive yeah i think he, him and k johnson hopefully k's okay uh him and k johnson out there uh early jake didn't get cooking until a little later but um when I think about all the young guys uh, that that were kind of popping or flashing a little bit, the first ones that come to mind are the our uh, two receivers. Um, so you want to start with Bobo or you want to start with JSN, Chris? I like Bobo just because the expectation for him is probably, for a lot of people, who is this guy? Probably not going to make the team. But then from training camp perspective, and then obviously in the first preseason opener, you see – how talented he is. Although we were talking off wax, Chris, I ain't going to fall for that. It's third and long and you fall for it. I don't, I didn't see, I haven't seen the full view, but I'm guessing he had some cold move that allowed. Fake such... the slant. That was all. Fake oh, the slant. sluggo. Yeah. Nah, not full on, but kind of like a baby one, a baby, baby, sluggo. <laughs> baby sluggo. But, and that's for those that don't know, baby sluggo or slant is a slant go. That's where you fake this, you attack while you're doing a slant and you fly up the field. So, according to Mike, it was a baby one. So, he didn't really sell it, but he did enough. Yeah, that- he just jabs in, he just jabbed inside and then just broke out. You know, that was, it wasn't even nothing fancy like that. Yeah. Like, that was, yeah. Just, but you know what? That's perspective. That's not great. That's not <laughs> great ball right there. But good for Bobo. Good for Bobo. And I, the reason why I want to start with him again is because the odds are stacked against him. And for him to have a solid game, played well in the mock game and then for the first preseason opener against someone else he delivers again and obviously you're, you'll see more about his we can go back and look and see how he really played with all 22 how he did on run fits and, the, and that blocking scheme in that regard but for the most part when the ball is thrown to him it's a catch or it's a touchdown and that is a way to make the football team if at least make the practice squad and have some value to the team which probably isn't what some of these guys are would want, but it's an opportunity, and those opportunities don't come as often. So, again, when Jake gets the opportunity, he makes a play, which is again, as you mentioned, Jake's or Mike's boy, and Mike's like, yeah, I'm, I'm proud to have him on my squad as one of my guys. He's doing his thing. He's out there showing out, and he's can make he's making plays, and that's all you can ask for. Because how tall is he? Six six. He's six pretty, four two oh seven. So he's a big body, and. He's he finds a way to get open as slow as that 40 time is. He finds a way to get separation and make plays. And that's what you want out of one of your undrafted wide receivers. Yeah, I think uh, they do. Well, the first thing first thing that stands out, Bobo, is the like you said, 40 time Uh, at one point in the game might have been after the game. uh, I was sitting next to uh, Brady Henderson. We got assigned seats in the press box. Brady leans over. He's like, Mike. You, uh, you think you could guess what Jake Bobo's 40 time is? Brady clearly doesn't know that Jake's my boy. I know exactly what it's for. <laughs> Easy. It's like, that's nothing. Um, but I was like, yeah, I was like, I know exactly what it is. It's 499. Uh, at least, at least 49. Uh, I was like, yeah, of course I know. Um, so that stands out. One. Two, Jake Bobo, and you see this in the NBA quite a bit. I don't know if you see it in baseball, but you see it in football, you see it in the NBA. It's the it's in these sports where most of the star players are black people. You get that white guy 
who becomes the fan favorite very fast. A good uh, example was Austin Reeves for the Lakers. Austin, Austin Reeves of the Lakers is 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 one of those guys. I mean, you now that I've said that, you guys know who those guys are. Um, Seahawks have had some folk hero white guys in the past: Luke Wilson, John Ryan. Uh, you know. Every team, every every once in a while, you get one of those those guys to do that. Uh, I feel like the Celtics just had one recently, um, and usually it's a guy who like you don't expect much from. Like usually it's a guy you don't expect to be very athletic in the NBA, and he dunks on somebody. And you're like, whoa! Um, <laughs> like, uh, there was somebody, this, this white guy who was just in the dunk contest recently. That fits that description. I can't remember. He played for oh Mac McClung. No, nah, he played for the Bucks uh, recently. I can't remember who it is. But anyway, I know what you're talking about. But go ahead. Yes, um, there's there's always the, there's one of the sometimes it's a fullback. Um, sometimes it can be a guy with a weird name uh, too. That usually helps. Like if you're the if you're the white guy and you got a weird name, like usually those two go uh, hand in hand. And I was already thinking it right, but I didn't want to project that label onto him because I felt like that was a fair little stereotypical without any information. Right? Boom. Then Drake, uh, excuse me, not Drake Lock. Drew Lock speaks after the game. He gets asked about Jake Bobo, just just like, what have you thought of him? Which is a very generic question about Jake Bobo. Um, and he says, Jake has become a fan favorite in the locker room. I was like, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Now we can run with it. Because it wasn't just me. And it helps that Drew Locke's also a white guy. So it's like, all right, cool. I'm not tripping here. Because I knew it. You can always tell who that guy is going uh, is going to be in the sports that predominantly uh uh, run by the most talented guys are usually the black dudes. You can tell, like, all right, fans are going to love that guy. Um, so, yeah, Jake Jake is that dude. And when Drew said it, I was like, yes, me and Drew, <laughs> we're here. The, and the, I think the he said uh, they have a phrase in the locker room. They, call, they say, more Bobo. Uh, that's I like be, that. That should be on some shirts. Uh, it should be. That's I'm going to use that now whenever I mention Jake Bobo. Yesterday I was figuring out how to – tweet about jake bobo in like a way that can become like a signature at first i was just only tweeting his name like not even just what he did just only jake bobo now we'll go with hashtag more bobo so have you had to rap with him uh i did not um i did not get a chance to talk to him in the locker room that, that place cleared out pretty fast not after the game just over training camp and whatnot no i had i haven't i've been i've been skipping the the early media availabilities uh just so i can get some sleep uh fair yeah I've, I've been tired uh but I haven't got a chance to talk to him. That place cleared out pretty fast yesterday. I would have skipped Pete Carroll's press conference. It, and I did end up skipping it, but I really wanted to be there early to see what he had to say about Cade. because I wanted to make sure that I got the update on that. Cause I was really concerned, you know, guy lives on the stretcher. Sounds like he's okay. Probably get another update by the time you guys hear this podcast. But yeah, so that, that part stood out. Now we can get to um, how I played. I love that goal ball. I love that goal ball. Um, and I loved who he won against. Like, I don't know all the Vikings players, but some of those DBs I do know because I looked and I was like, oh, these are some guys that I wanted the Seahawks to draft. Like that safety that Zach Charbonnet kept running over. I was like, oh, Lewis <laughs> I liked him. <laughs> yes, I liked him. Um, the corner that Jake Bobo beat, I believe it was Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson. Um, was a second round pick in 2022. I liked him. Pretty sure I had a mock draft with him, uh, with him in it. One of those iterations of a mock. Um, and Jake just just whoops him off the line. Like I'm watching a little replay of it right now. Like he just gets a free release, shakes the hell out of this guy. Andrew speed turns. And by the time they get to like the 10 yard line, the ball, they started out at a 19. Touchdown. He's got like four yards of separation on this cat. That is just great. And it was a, it was an obvious passing down too. It was after a timeout. 
Um, so Andrew had a time to you know talk with a DB coach or whoever, whatever they did at the timeout. Um, it's third and eight, so it's an obvious passing down. They're in the single high look, and Andrew doesn't have any safety help to his side. The safety is on the other hash, so he knows he doesn't like he, he's just outside on an island, still gives up the outside release. Like it was just oh man, it was bad by Andrew, beautiful by by Jake Bobo. Um, and with Dariq Young not playing because of what's wrong with Dariq? Hip got a hip thing. D hurt his knee. DK didn't play. Like those are your outside receivers right there. Cody Thompson didn't play because of a groin injury. Everybody's hurt in that receiver room. Yep. And I still there's been years past, Chris, and we've seen it where guys we're watching the second quarter, third quarter of these preseason games. We're like, damn, ain't none of these dudes making a team. Yeah. Uh, Watching the watch, this was in the third quarter um, that this pass was to, to Bobo, and he had three catches for 55. But I like this was my favorite play probably of the day. I would say um, you watched you watched him and you watched Aesop, and you were like, "Yo, these guys got a shot." Not just because everybody bodies are dropping like flies, but like, no, no, these guys are making plays. these guys are making good plays. Yeah, like more Bobo. More Bobo. I'm. I'm. Uh, he also caught a, a little over route on a uh, play action concept too. He was just kind of wide open on that one, but uh, it's a good concept. So yeah, I think that was the probably the first guy. Like you know, you know how good you got to be as un- uh, undrafted free agent for us to lead the podcast with you. That's you got more you Bobo score a touchdown. <laughs> you yeah. got to do something. <laughs> he's what he's led the team now. I'm pretty sure he had a team high what 55 yards, which isn't a ton, but he led the team in receiving yards. I'm pretty sure last night. Um, and he led the team in receiving yards uh, in mock game. game. Yeah, like yeah. all he's got to do is force a fumble on a punt or something like that, and this dude is he's set. Like he's yeah. one special teams play away from being able to call the family and be like, "Yo, I made we it. Made it. We made it." More Bobo print the shirts. Yeah, man, this is it's really good for him, and I can't wait to see who does in preseason game two. To be honest with you, because he's showing week in and week out that there's value. They can say, "Hey, it's third and seven. Let's go to go. Let's go to Jake, as you say, Mike. More Bobo. So more Bobo. That's on the offensive side. There's another guy that I like that played well, and that was in the fourth quarter, obviously. And that was we're looking at a running back here, number forty, Brian Kobach. He showed he showed promise. He hit holes. He was physical, and that's what you want. At least that's what Pete Carroll loves in his running backs. Guys that can smack and obviously Zach Charbonnet he runs with violence he ran over Lewis sign seen two times in the game both were identical scene came up high and Charbonnet just bam, low man wins him. baby low man I'm wins thinking, I'm thinking man he runs very violent he does not like you one guy is not going to bring him down you're going to need multiple bodies and that's mm-hmm. Pete Carroll loves that you look at all the past running backs a la Marshawn Lynch, he was one guy that you're not bringing him down with one dude. You're going to have multiple people on him, and he's still fighting. And that's what this running back unit is trying to bring. Even the other young the other young rookie, what's his name? Sir Roderick Thompson, he showed flashes. He's, pretty, he's a speedster. He's a little guy, but when he got the ball and he had some space, unfortunately there was a holding. I think it was on Anthony Bradford. Yeah, he got caught holding. They called it on Joey Hunt, the play you're talking about. Was it on Joey? Okay. They called it on Joey. I, at that point, I had kind of tuned out. Uh, but, yeah, it was, they announced number 62. Um, I, I don't know it if it was, was actually on him. It, it, was, it, was. it was for sure called on Joey. Whether yeah. he actually helped someone, 
I have yet to see, but yes, I'm I know trying exactly to remember the play, but I remember it was a halfback, I think halfback draw to the left or a dive. Someone was holding. I do remember the holding play for sure because, man, he had a lot of room to run. It's unfortunate that he worked that hard to get those yards only for it to be brought back. Yeah, it was but, a 30-yard run with a hold on Joe. Yeah, I remember who they called it on for sure. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I don't – At the, like I said, at that point, I had kind of – I was like, let me get my story done before you know, <laughs> we'll be here till fucking midnight. And I was. Uh, but, yeah, that was a great run. It was 30-yarder. That would have been the longest uh, run of the night for sure. Yep. And then you got to see how physical Anthony Bradford is. There was one play. I don't know if you saw it, Mike. He just grabs the DN and just throws him, and he's stomping and yelling over him. I'm thinking that's why they drafted him. Physical, mauler, word was used before, and he did it. He just launched the dude, and that's what the Seahawks need. I'm not sure. I don't think he's going to be starting, but if something happens, he can fill in, and that's what you want out of your lineman, physical, especially in the run game. And that's what he brings to the table. So overall, I know, Mike, we talked about off wax that the early in the game, the run game wasn't where it needed to be, wasn't much flashing. But later in the game, they figured it out. Maybe it was nerves early, but they definitely got an understanding of what they needed to do assignment-wise, and they were keying in and making the blocks necessary to spring positive run game. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't overall – uh, that was one of my negatives. Like if, if, if bubbles one of the positives, I was early on, I was like, yo, these guys cannot run the ball. Um, like in the first half in particular, um, like you said, it, it came around in the second half. The numbers are, are much better against guys on the Viking. Again, I don't know the Vikings roster super deep, especially not in the second half of a damn preseason game. <laughs> Mike does not do that level of research. I'm sorry guys. Um, but just overall, just looking at the early runs, like, all like the couple that DJ Dallas had, it wasn't even that DJ did anything or I just thought they weren't like blocked super well. Um, Zach was out there fighting for his life, but then on that play where he runs over uh, safety, the first one, um, it's a carry, it's second and four. Um, I think Greg Island playing like left guard pulls. Um, so he's following, he's following Greg. The edge is set, I believe, by a tight end, and he's got like an alleyway. And what, what do you know? He meets someone and, you know, at the sticks, boom, runs him over and then keeps going. So, like, you can see that when you block stuff up, guys like Zach have, you know, they can they can get busy. Um, Zach had another run where, he's like, I think this one got called back for holding as well, where he makes a dude miss and then keeps going. Um, it's like he can do it. But I just felt I was, I, early on I was like, yo, this offense is like this is not looking good in terms of running the ball. I was I was pretty I was pretty concerned. Hopefully that. That changes, but that first team O line was not a bunch of guys I expect um, to be out there. Like no Charles Cross, no Abe Lucas, no Damian Lewis. They had Phil Haynes, um, and then they also had Evan Brown. He was out there as well. But yeah, that that jumped out to me. Um, I think Zach ended up with like four carries for fourteen. But yeah, the highlights were how physical he did run, um, which kind of shows you like, all right, cool. He looks like what he did in college, and I'm and that's kind of Pete Carroll's thing. With the rookies in general, one of them is to min- minimize mistakes. Rookies make mistakes, so you want to minimize the ones that they make. And the other thing is, like, all right, all right do you look like the dude that we drafted? Um, mm. And Zach looked like that. Um, he looked like – because if you watch Zach's college tape, the first dude hardly ever hit Zach and put him down. Like, he would jump over them or juke around them, largely just run through them because Zach's got a really, really, really strong lower body. So, like, when he gets low and you try to go low on him, it just – typically doesn't work and he looked like that on friday night in the limited carries that he got i thought that was good independent of what i did not think was some 
some strong run game from them. Even like the trick stuff, they tried one in the Cade, like it's not working. Um, it just, I think Zach's run where he ran over the safety in the first in the first half, that was their only first down run of the half. I'm pretty sure they didn't get cooking on the run game until way later. Um, Drew Locke had a run. Um, Holden Ehlers had a run. Like it wasn't until the second half when they really got going. Who uh, who you mentioned the young pup? He had one. So that was that was a negative uh, in the run game. I thought that needs to be better uh, against the Cowboys. Whether who, regardless of who is in there, whether it's Olu at safety, Evan, or excuse me, at center, Evan Brown at center, whoever whoever the O line combination is, I would like to see that be a little better because the second half showed that you can your backups can run on other guys backups like that should be um, a thing also in the vein of guys looking like who they drafted or looking like they they did in college I thought that JSN was a real positive uh, there Uh, I I, I don't like the play call uh, the first time he touched the ball that little play action thing in the flat I feel like that play just is it, it, it just doesn't work. I feel like that's the thing they used to run with Jimmy Graham a lot, too. That little thing where he would catch and get one yard. I feel like they ran that all the time with Jimmy Graham, particularly in 2017. I feel like if I go back and look, his all of, half of his damn catches would be goal line and that little play action roll. Not a big fan of that because it doesn't allow Jackson to get any speed going before he catches the ball. He catches it in the flat, and then he has to turn. And then he turns, and then that safety that Zach ran over just drops him. Like, I was like, okay, that's not a good use of his skills. But then what did he have? Chris, a 15-yard catch, uh, I believe, there in the second quarter. And I was like, yo, this is how you use him. And I also like how how he was used in that situation um, is you could project. Uh, I'm not talking about his 15-yard catch. You could project how that would work with everybody healthy. So what happens is they come out, it's 11 personnel. Um, and I believe the Vikings counter with nickel. Um, I don't know how many of their starters are on the field at that time, but they counter with nickel. And what they do is they have like their bare front and they have just one inside linebacker, uh, in the game, their safety's in the box and their nickel is standing over JSN and Jake Bobo's on the outside. Kay Johnson's the other outside. So I'm like, okay, cool. This is like a real ish scenario. Just instead of Tyler Lock and DK, you know, Cade and Bobo are in, you got the nickel over JSN. And what the Vikings do on that play is they blitz their linebacker. I believe it was Ivan Pace Jr., another guy I wanted the Seahawks to draft. The Vikings had a good draft, um, uh, it seems like. They blitz Ivan, and what they do is they drop the linebacker on uh, the outside linebacker on JSN's side, and then the nickel that was covering over him, I believe was Makai Blackman, another guy I liked, so I saw at the senior bowl. Makai backs up. So when you vacate, when you blitz the linebacker, drop another linebacker, and the nickel backs up, with well, the w- middle of the field is wide-ass open. What happens? Jackson finds that space. Drew hits him in stride. For like, he, ca- he catches after about seven yards, run for another eight, 15-yard catch, first down. I was like, boom, that's how you use Jackson. I mean, I don't know if he was, like, hot on that play or whatever, but I just thought, like, when I, when I saw Ivan Blitz, I was like, oh, middle of the field is open. What do you know? JSN saw it too. Drew saw it too. Um, and it was his only first down catch. Um, the next play is the one where he saves Drew from throwing it <laughs> right into the safety's lap. Uh, shout out to Jackson on the athleticism there. Uh, but I thought that play, it's one, but that's why we're using flashes in the title of the podcast because the guys didn't play that much. But I thought that play was like, all right, that's how you use Jackson. Get him on the run, um, either horizontally um, or, you know, stretching the defense down the field. But I like him coming across the middle, 
catching the ball and then being able to make plays. That's basically what his Rose Bowl tape was. You know, it was him catching the ball in them type of scenarios and then running by everybody. He's not going to run every, by everybody in the league, but he's going to move the chains over the middle and be a nice safety valve, which he was for Drew. Drew had a blitz. What did he see? Ah, number 11. I thought that was like, would they go on the Shane Waldron? If you can, if you can hear me, if you're going to listen to this, take that play, bottle it up, put it in your pocket and you save that for a rainy day, because that's going to come in handy when it's DK on the outside and Tyler on the outside and, that the other team wants to bless Gino. A number 11 is going to be open. And that brings it to play action because the one area that you can attack a defense in the play action is over the middle. And now you have someone in JSN who can create separation, who can get the rock and make something of it when he gets it. And that's what you want because in the past, that wasn't what you had. You either had Lockett or DK. You needed that third guy that if you're going to throw it over the middle – they can also make a play, and JSN has answered that call, especially when the linebackers get sucked up. There's no way they can get back to covering someone like JSN. They're cooked. It's a wrap. He's either going to make the play, touchdown, big game, big first down, and that's what you're going to see, I think, in the regular season, especially with DK and Tyler on the outside. He's just going to have free reign, especially in a play action. We saw that on what? I think it was maybe his – yeah, two catches or three. Who? Uh, JSN? JSN. Yeah. JSN had three. He had the two-yard little play action joint. It was the first, the first play. one. Yeah. Yep. And then the 15-yarder that I'm talking about. And then after that, they had a second and 20. Um, He just caught like a little quick quick joint for like eight yards. Well, in, in theory, I would assume that they're going to be a – when there's a play action, <laughs> the number one read is going to be JSN across the middle on that crosser. I think Jake Bobo had one of those where he crossed across the field. He did, he did yes. You're going to see a lot of JSN doing that, and that's just going to create matchup nightmares when they do that play action because – especially if the run game is working. And maybe if it doesn't work, you still have to respect the pass. You still got to respect the run, come up. Oh, shoot, it's a pass, drop back, too late. I'm really excited to see what this offense looks like week one for sure. But seeing it in the preseason run by other guys indicates that, okay, having JSN is going to create matchup nightmares for DBs out there, especially when you look across the league. I don't know how many dudes I can cover JSN. He is really something special. You see it in practice every day. And then you got DK and Lockett. A lot of one-on-one out there. You can't you can't double everyone. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Yeah, and I thought to go to the to the play the play after JSN's catch that he, J- Drew goes to him the very next snap, and um, it's another single high look. Instead, they only they rush four uh, and they drop they drop everybody else. It looks like cover three, and what JSN does is he he clears the linebacker who tries to get like a little jam on him after about four yards, clears that, and then he cl- bends around Ivan, who's like basically their, their inside linebacker. And there is a window there. I see why I drew through it. I also see why I drew through it high. Uh, it's because Stone Forsyth gets beat and Drew gets smacked in the face, um, which also I mentioned uh, in the negative. I didn't. I wasn't impressed with some of those uh, backup linemen. doesn't seem like there's much depth. Um, based on this game, maybe guys will be better in, in game two. But based on this game, I was like – yeah, the depth is not there. Drew was under some duress. Um, it looks like Stone. Uh, I, I would expect Stone to be a lot more solid at this point. Stone's in like year three. Um, and on, like on this rep, for example, he gets beat and gets his quarterback smacked in the face. And JSN actually was probably going to make that catch over the middle. It was like a skinny little little post from the slot. So I like the route there. I like Drew even going there, but the the reason that play didn't work is like it speaks to some of the issues of, of the of the depth there. Like whereas I think they got receiver depth, I don't think there's a lot of depth uh, up front, honestly, on either side. Uh, really, we we can get to that in a little bit. But I did like that play. I do think if it's Gino being having Charles Cross block for him, Drew probably, or excuse me, Gino probably hits that, and Touchdown. it's probably like a you know, uh, let's see, this would probably be about like a 15 yard. It would be an explosive play. Um, and assuming that the safety doesn't want to get fined or ejected, JSN doesn't get his head taken off because there was room for that too. Um, but we just don't really uh, – you don't really see that in today's game as much anymore. Uh, Kobe says – Kobe would have something to say about that. <laughs> that was that was a nice hit. We can go – you got any – you want to you want to do anything else to anybody on offense before we go? We, oh, we, that, that summed it up for the offense. That was before, good. Uh, we we got to hit Esau. We got to hit Esau. Oh, that's right, because he had a yeah. touchdown and he he had flashes. He did drop one. I think it might have been that ball a out of reach. Really high. That was high, man. Okay, good. Okay, I wasn't the only one thinking that. Yeah. All right, but yes, the slow mo. It it hits like he could have caught it. I put drop down in my notes. Um, like when it first happened, and I went back and watched the replay. I was like, eh, that's that's a that's a, that's a tough one. It was a little bit out of out of his reach, but I do like okay. the game. Esop had. I like the trust that drew showed in him um, because drew got a certain look. I forget what it, he got. They got, he got too high in the red zone there. Um, and he checked to that play to throw it to Esau, um, kind of showing some trust in him. And that's going to talk about squeezing a tight window. That was a, that was a laser by drew. Yeah, that was, that was a really good, that was one of them throws where you can see why a GM's like, I can work with that. I can, I can work with that. Like he has those plays. Um, reminds me of Sam Donald a little bit. Like Sam Donald's not very good, but he has those throws every once in a while where you're like, I can work with that. Give me that and we can do it. Then he throws the ball to the team later and you're like, ah, damn it. I can't, I can't work with that anymore. Let's, 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 let's move on and draft, uh, draft someone or whatever. But I liked, I liked the trust that he showed there. Aesop made a really strong catch uh, in there in traffic. 
he saw the check, saw who we had to beat. I think that was Makai Blackman again. Another guy I liked, but yeah, the Vikings had some dudes who struggled too. Like it was a there's some struggles on both sides. You could definitely tell this was like week one of a, a preseason game. But yeah, Aesop in the slot, trips to the right, uh, beats his man, and Drew just rifles that in there, which damn near triple coverage at that point. I just thought that was a great, um, a great hookup. And it's unfortunate that Cade got hurt. Um uh, and that Cody Thompson got hurt. The byproduct of that is guys stepping up and taking advantage of the opportunities. You know, Jake Bobo got his reps, made the most of them, beats his guy, catches a touchdown, leads the team in receiving. Aesop, I, I kind of see him, him and Cade don't play the exact same spot, but like they are similar guys who could be used in the slot. They're both special teams returners. Aesop punt and kickoff, just like Cade. So like they're, they're, I consider them to be in competition and when they're in Cody Thompson competing with Jake Bobo, among others, when their competition wasn't in there, those guys stepped up. Cause that's, you only get so many opportunities in the preseason um, before we go to the defensive side of the ball. I was talking to, uh, this was a, uh, I forget what year it was. I believe it was Puna's rookie year. I wasn't talking to Puna, but it was Puna's rookie year. I want to say, and they were making this point to me. They was like, yo, when you're an undrafted guy, now it's so hard to make the league because there's several reasons, but one of them is you, you have no margin for error, you know, like for a receiver, you can, if you are D Eskridge in his rookie year, second round pick. So he could maybe miss an assignment. He can drop a pass. He can run the wrong route. Not a ton, but he has the leeway to do it. Cause like, what are they going to do? Cut him, Right. Mm-hmm. No. If you are Jake Bobo, for instance, it's like, you can't really have those missed assignments. You already are getting fewer reps than the guys drafted ahead of you. So, like, if you're JSN, you're getting way more reps than Jake Bobo because they drafted you in the first round. They didn't draft Bobo at all. You get fewer reps. You have fewer margin for error. You can't really make those mistakes in the film room. You can't You can't have that wrong route. You can't miss that blocking assignment. You can't drop that ball. You just can't. So it's just really hard. So when these guys do step up, like, kudos to them because you really got to do more with less when you're one of those not really highly drafted and not drafted at all. Um, guys, I don't think Aesop was drafted either. So, um Kudos to those guys in the offense. There were some there were some good positives from that side of the ball, particularly from the from the skill players, I thought. Absolutely. But there were a couple of nice plays from the players on defense as well. And one guy that stood out to me and was talked about during the halftime show was Boy Mafe. He showed good hands, run fits. He was just doing his job. Again, we talked about it off wax earlier on the game. Eh, even Pete mentioned it in the post game that yeah, they didn't have, they weren't filling the gaps that they needed to fill in the run game. Guys were running loose, they weren't tackling, but that definitely got cleaned up in the second half, and you saw them make plays, and that's what you want. I think maybe nerves, just first time hitting, all that combined. Guys were just missing tackles. Guys weren't filling, weren't doing their job. And then the second half, they slowly figured it out, took a deep breath, and they were able to make plays. Some guys that stood out to me, including Boye Mafe, was Levi Bell. I think he had a sack. He looked pretty pretty good. And, okay, you're making a name for yourself. You want to be on the field? This is the opportunity to do so. And he did that. Kobe Bryant was playing safety, so he's showing his versatility. Obviously, they gave up a touchdown, not, and that was on Trey Brown. I'm not sure what happened there. It looked like it was maybe cover two, but – there was miscommunication and Trey Brown was left on the island with the tight end and that didn't go Trey Brown's way. The ball was just thrown too high and he couldn't get there. But outside of that, 
I thought they definitely tightened up in the second half and made a few plays. You saw Jared Reed with a nice PBU diving in there, avoiding contact with the receiver. So you saw, okay, these are guys that might not see the field, but in any given circumstance, if they do see the field, can Pete and the defense trust them? And I think a couple of those guys, yeah, we can trust these guys to make plays when the ball is thrown in their area. Obviously, they're going up against back backup players too, but they're making the plays. And when you make the plays, that just allows your coaches and your teammates to trust in you, and that's what you want to see. Mike, who else stood out to you on that Seahawks defense? Uh, I don't know if any different guys, um, at least in a positive way. I was watching Trey Brown pretty closely because he's been – he's the guy who I didn't it's, – it's not like a rookie, whereas, all right, do you look like who dropped, you know, uh, the guy that was in college? I want him to look like the guy he is in practice. Because in practice, he's, he's doing his thing. He's making plays on the ball. He's he's locking guys up. Um, and he's he's not full-on Marcus Peters in practice, um, but he is like the next tier down from that. Like if Marcus Peters and Trayvon Diggs are like the ultimate roller coaster at cornerback, like at any given play, they could give up a touchdown or have a pick six. Like Trey is like the next tier. I want to say at least it kind of is. It has been in practice where, like, for example, I saw Trey. Um, he got beat pretty bad. Uh, I think I even tweeted it the first day they did one on one. So Jackson Smith and Jigba hits him in like three moves um, and ends up breaking pretty much free. And I think we even put that clip in the in the podcast that week. And then the other day, I saw Trey get an interception in one on ones, like against Cody Thompson. It was a, a I think it was an out route and from Geno Smith and. Trey just sits under it beautifully, picks it. The very next time he goes against Cody, he nearly picks it again. Um, and then uh, Cody has to come break it up. So, like, he has those, you know, those those moments where it's like, oh, man, you got this. It's like, oh, man, you don't got this. I'm not, you don't got this, but, like, the coverage should have been tighter. I think there was another good example the other day where he got beat on, like, a fade against DK uh, in a third down situation in practice. And then the very next snap, um, he breaks up a pass to DK. Um, so like, here's a, there's some, it's, some, it's not boom or bust. That's the wrong phrase because it's it, bust is too strong in this case. But I feel like you guys get what I'm trying to say. Because um, I feel like when he was in the game in 2021, starting on a per play basis, he was really consistent. And I think that's what Pete loved about him. He just really wasn't messing up, um, and it was great. And then you saw he had a PBU on like their first drive. Yeah, uh, I think Jordan Addison. Nick Moss tries to hit him underneath. Boom. Trey sees it, drives on it, flips his hips, drives on it. Bang. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Got it on the run uh, as well. And then you get to that play you mentioned. Uh, Chris, do you know who caught that ball on him? Uh, wasn't a former Seahawk? I forget his no. name. No, oh, it's uh, Muse. I know his last name is Muse. That's yeah, why Nick, I thought. Nick Muse. Nick Muse. Seventh round tight end who didn't do anything last year as a rookie. Uh, and like you mentioned, Ball was ball was up in the air. It's a go get it ball. Um, yeah, Trey was like playing the flat and watching like a little corner ish route from the from the tight end. So he's got responsibilities on both, but he had eyes on the quarterback so he could play both. It was, he was actually doing that the right way. Ball goes up there. You got to go get it. You go get the ball. It was when it's Nick Mullins throwing a Nick Muse. I expect you to <laughs> go get those. It's not Matt Stafford throwing a Megatron. And it's like ah, you know, okay, you know that happened. Uh, those are the plays you can't – as as talented as this cornerback room is, I don't think those are the ones you can afford. I, I really don't think so. Like, again, if you get whooped by – not whooped, 
But like if Dak Prescott next week was to throw something like that to CD Lamb, it's like, ah, okay, you know. And you right there, it's like kind of kind of is with it. Nick Mullins, Nick Muse, like, nah, man. Michael Jackson's too been too consistent. You know what Tariq Willen's gonna bring. They have a fifth round, a fifth overall pick in your cornerback room as well. Like, I feel like on a per play basis, things need to be more consistent there. But so I feel like that was a for people who haven't been able to come to practice, that was a good illustration of what we've seen from Trey. Like, he's physical, he can cover, he'll make plays on the ball, he'll break on stuff, and then you'll see a play like that. It's like, ah, okay, that's why they drafted Devin. Like, there are those plays. Mike Jack has fewer of those, but he'll, he'll have those moments, too, where, like, DK will just run by him, and then you'll be like, yep, okay. That's why they drafted Spoon. Like, there's yeah. there's, 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 a, there's, a, there's a higher ceiling to be – to be had here. So I, I'm Trey's a guy that I'm gonna keep watching. I mean, Mike Jack too. I didn't see Mike Jack get targeted a lot. Um, I think, I think Jordan Addison did catch that ball though. He did uh, over there on the sideline. I was like, Oh my goodness. I don't know why the Vikings didn't challenge that, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And the preseason Pete would have challenged the hell out of that uh, <laughs> in the preseason. Yeah. Come on, man. I, I didn't think he caught it uh, at first. Cause you know, I'm, I'm pretty far away. And then my editor texted me. He was like, he was like, Jordan caught that. I said, excuse he me. Did. Yeah, and then I think it was Nate Tice uh, who put, tweeted a picture of it. I was like, "Oh, what an what an amazing catch!" That right, was. Uh, and that was on that was on Mike Jack, uh, I believe, too. So, uh, but other than that, I didn't really see nothing from Mike Jack, and I'd have to watch that play again to see if there was like anything wrong. I thought the coverage was like decent enough, which is why the throw had to be damn near perfect for it to get there. But with uh, with Trey, I think he is talented enough to be their starting left corner. Like I do think that you just got more, you just gotta be those every play, consistent, 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 because he's he's not lacking mm-hmm. anything. For a short guy, he can play those goal line fades. Um, he's super fast, he's super physical. Like he he he's got it all. That cornerback room is so talented without speaking about like margin for error. Ain't much, ain't much in that cornerback room. But watch, I'm saying this now. Watch he's gonna get a Trey's gonna get a pick next game. Uh that's what and, you need. That's what you want. You want it to be a competition. Where the coaches are like, damn, he's playing so well. We got to figure out how to get him on the field. That's mm-hmm. exactly what you want. And if they find when they find the best guys on the field, Trey might be in the mix, especially if he's continuing to make plays. But I'm one guy I forgot of that, of that Addison play. I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, you good? We play that Addison route. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> he played game before he got to the out. Yeah, so this is a there. It's a. It looks like cover three or cover nine. However, they want to they want to classify it. Jordan's on the outside, matched up against Mike Jack. Mike Jack bails as you're supposed to do. He's got eyes to the quarterback. He sees Jordan. Jordan breaks down after about 15 yards and then uh, beats Mike to the sideline. Creates some separation there. That's a. Wow, that was a. That's a great route. That's that's a great that's route right nice. there. <laughs> that was nice. Jordan Edison's gonna be nice. Sorry, cut you, you said. Off. He said, "JSN, who I can do some things too, man." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he can. He, he can. He can ball. That was a great. <laughs> oh man, that was that was, that, was, that, was a, that was a great play. Sorry. Um. Yeah, we didn't mention Kobe though. You, I think you mentioned him earlier. Like he. Yeah, I, I was just gonna I say. I saw from him too. Yeah, he obviously is doing that in practice. He's getting some reps at safety, but now it's like it's okay. You got the reps in practice. Here's a live game scenario, and I thought he played okay. I thought he was tackling pretty well for the most part. He had a huge hit. I wish he would have dropped the ball. That would have made it even bigger because the dot caught it and got the first down. But I understand in that moment, new position, new role. You come up, make a big hit, pump the team up. That's what you want to see from your safety. And he, again, I thought he played it pretty well. 
still some learning stuff, stuff that he can learn with that position. And obviously he has a lot of guys around the around in that room that can help him in Quandre Diggs and whatnot. And Julian Love, a lot of players that are familiar with that position. So it was cool seeing him out there. One guy that I forgot to mention on the D-line who I thought played pretty well was Mike Morris. There were a couple of times you just saw him making plays, whether it be quarterback hits, a solid pass rush. He looked the part, and that's what you want. They want to have a good pass rush and a good run defense. You need guys like Mike Morris to step up and make plays, and I thought that he showed flashes, as you see in the title on YouTube, rookies flashing the preseason opener. He was one guy that stood out to me, and I'm thinking, okay, Mike, I see what the Seahawks were thinking here. And then it was also good to see BBK out there running around making plays. I know he was in there later in the game, but I know after what he went through last season, this was a good moment for him to be back on the field and play football again, which some people don't get the opportunity again. So that was good to see BBK out there. Yeah, uh, Mike Morris had a QB hit, I think, on the first drive uh, with some pressure generated by Derek Hall. Like, you know, good for the good for the rookies there. I do want to see a little bit more from Mike as a as a pass rusher. I feel like he I want to see him. I want to see him play deep into the next game. Like I want to see him against some other teams, third stringers or whatever, and just see if see if something flashes there because um, we know it can. He's not the same type of player as like Rasheem Green. Um, Rasheem, I think Rasheem was shorter. That's one. Probably just as strong. Um, probably just as good as an athlete playing. A, they're playing similar positions. You know, Rasheem could play on the edge a little bit more probably. But anyway, I bring that up because if you guys remember, Rasheem was tearing it up in his preseason. Um, I think that was 2018. Um, and I think that I want to see, I feel like I see some of that same potential in Mike, different body build. Mike's huge. Like he could play like tall as hell power <laughs> forward. And you know, uh, like he's, he's pretty tall, pretty tall cat. Uh, but I, I see some of that same potential where it's like, okay, when it clicks for you, you are going to be a guy who's bringing interior pass rush in the third down situation. Like at that, he, I see that in his you know, future, my little, crystal ball, eight ball, whatever, whatever sees the future. I got one of those. And I see that for Mike. I just want to see it um, on the field as well. Just, just more of it. Same thing with Derek Hall. Uh, he just, he looks like it. they have found this little prototype here with the second round outside linebackers. Chenonu Osu was like pick 40 something. Boy, Mafe pick 40 something. Derek Hall, pick 40 something. I think Daryl Taylor was like pick 40 something. They're all about six four, six, five-ish, anywhere from about 255 pounds to about 265 wingspan athleticism. They found their prototype. That's what they're looking for in that second round outside linebacker. They, these, their whole team is full of them. And they're all freak athletes. But like Daryl and Derek, I see like a different type of freak athlete. And then like, I think if, if Derek Hall just randomly one day just did like a triple backflip, on the practice field, I'd be like, yep, that makes sense. He looks like a dude who could do something like that. Or if he just was to grab a basketball and put it between his legs and slam it, I'd be like, yep. He looks like the type of guy. He just he just has the, the look. And he's flashed it a couple of times in practice. I think it was Monday's practice. Unblockable. Unblockable. From what we've seen from the backup O-line, that checks. But like, just look unblockable um, from rushing against the left tackle, the right tackle. I mean – he was so unblockable in a blitz period, Derek Hall, I mean, that, like, he ended up hitting Drew Locke. And you know these guys don't want to ever hit the quarterback in practice. Like, they know that. But he just came so free that, you know, physics came into play, and he couldn't even stop. 
that's how bad he had beat, I think, the left tackle on that snap. Like, Derek Hall has that in him. Just want to see more of that. Because the pass rush really didn't get going in terms of getting the quarterback on the ground to, what, the third, fourth quarter? Like you mentioned, Levi Bell got there. Yep. Jake Ferguson got there. They had some other guys getting pressures and some QB hits. I don't think Boye Mafia had a QB hit. Mike Mike Morris had that as well, like you mentioned. So Derek Hall had one too. He just real it was just late, you know, unfortunately, like conduct, unfortunately. But, oh, yeah. He got called for roughing. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah you definitely, yeah, you don't you don't, you don't want to do that. Um, so yeah, like Derek Hall, for example, I don't think he had any statistics, just only had the roughing call. Um, and had like a couple quarterback pressures. You don't you you want want to get these guys in a stat sheet because this you're rushing against a lot of teams' backups or whatever, like it's gonna happen. Um, I think it's going to happen for both those guys, but particularly Derek. I just see it. in just like I saw it in Daryl Taylor, I see the same. They're not the same type of player, but, oh, man. Yeah, once that athleticism and the strength just come together and they got the pass rush plan to back it up, oh, yeah, you can you can just see it there. Uh, you could even see it. You can see Derek's speed and strength a little bit on Mike Morris's QB hit. I think it's a stunt, I want to say, and Derek just comes flying in at Nick Mullins. Should have dropped him. Probably would have been a safety. Um, and you just like, yep, it's there. Uh, I see it. Um, to go back, I want to go who I mentioned, Kobe. Yep. Uh, earlier. We talked about Kobe, I think, on the last pod too. Cause I am not I just find it's such a it's not an advantageous situation to get moved around as often as they're moving Kobe. It's like he never really played nickel. And it's like, okay, go play nickel. And then I asked him when they approached him about playing safety. Um, he said that when he reported to camp. It was like, hey, you're playing some safety. It's like, damn, that's no prep time. You know, like he's, he's thinking he's going to be nickel all summer. He said June 27th, but he said when they had to report, that was probably July 27th. Um, I'm going to just assume he meant uh, July. So, like, that's that's tough to just show up and be like, hey, you want to play some safety? He's like, can't say no. So I think, credit, first off, credit to him because that's a really, really tough spot because safety is hard as hell. There's so many – uh, more things you have to know when your safety in this scheme, uh, you know, just your landmarks and your run fits and your past stuff and all your checks and just all that stuff when you're playing safety. So kudos to him. And then he smacks the hell out of Jalen Rager and you're like, ah, that's there it is. That is why he can uh, he can do that. Uh, I thought that was a really good read on that play as well, because it's very similar to the play that Jake Bobo catches a big uh, ball on, not Jake's touchdown, that other one, the little play action joint. Uh, Minnesota runs their version of that against Seattle's single high look, Kobe being uh, the single high guy. In theory, you would like the underneath defender to kind of take away that pass. But as uh, John Radigan, he, he mentioned the linebacker cheating up against the stop the run. John came up pretty far. Like he takes like three steps the wrong way, um, which is how Jalen Rager, you know, comes open. And Kobe, credit to him, he keys in on it and it helps that there was a like a little sail route over there too. So he was driving on either route. Kobe was had eyes on the quarterback. Uh, shout out to Jonathan Sutherland who got pressure on uh, the quarterback on this play. And then boom, Kobe just lands a clean hit. When the flag came, Chris, I was so upset. I was so upset. I was like, dog, the game I know and love has been taken away from me. Like, I just like, that's a clean hit. That's football. If you go put these guys out there, that's football. Um, and uh, I think it was, it was Dave Bowling, uh, a longtime columnist out there. Dave was sitting next to me. He was like, hey, just can't hit guys like that no more. I was like, I know, but man, it's so fun. And then Jalen popped back up too. So it was no like, if the stretcher comes out, they're like, ah, damn. But he didn't. He popped up. I'm like, that's great. When they picked the flag up, I was like, yep, 
We're a proper country again. There we go. Because <laughs> I, I was like, man, we're losing recipes, man. Uh, when that when that flag came, uh, but I'm glad. Yeah, I figured they were gonna pick it up. Because when I saw the replay, I'm thinking he used his shoulder. That's what you're supposed to do. He didn't hit him in the head. He hit him shoulder to shoulder. He just mm-hmm. knocked the hell out of him. What can such, you do? A, such a great hit, man. I oh man, from from the. From the single high spot too, and that's the play that you you have to kind of help your your underneath defenders on because when they do bite on that play action, your corners are occupied because they have outside routes to worry about, and it's really just you over the middle. And yeah, he he uh, he broke down, used his shoulder, you know, hit uh, I think it was Rager in the shoulder pad, flexed on it after. I was like, ooh, I like that. And I think a couple plays later, Kobe got in a run fit uh, as well in a short yardage situation too. I think that boy like, gonna need an ice bath. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That, that's that's he was hit. Yeah. It was third and one on that same drive. I was like, oh man, Kobe's really doing his thing. He's like his line of scrimmage, like a linebacker now. Again, with the versatility and all the things you need to know as safety. You got to play deep, you gotta play at the in the in the box. And he takes on Kobe takes on a tight end playing fullback. So if you want to call him tight end fullback, don't know who it is, doesn't matter. But he takes he's he's got several pounds on Kobe. I'll tell you that. Kobe said he plays at about 194. Um, so that's not very big. Kobe takes that dude on and then drops the running back for no gain, man. I those two plays on the same drive, I was like, yeah, man. That's what it that's what it looks like. I was very, very happy for Kobe to have the versatility to do that. Like he might be their most defensive, versatile defensive back if he's doing stuff like that consistently. Um, him and Jamal, since Jamal can rush the passer too, but like yeah, I was I was very I was very happy about that. One play I wish I was able to ask him about um was Chris, you probably remember it. Before that Nick Muse touchdown, Jalen Rager has a big like corner oh, route. Oh, the corner route. Yeah, that was yeah. there was miscommunication there too. Some someone did something wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not really sure who on that. I, I've watched it. Um, and I, I should have sent it to you, but we're recording so early in the morning, they're still crusting my eyes. Um, but what happens is it looks like this is cover six, um, and the, the cover two side, I believe, is Trey Brown's side to, with Kobe Bryant. I think they're running cover four on the other side with Jarek Reed and Mike Jack. That's my that's my guess. I'm not saying that definitively. And what happens is they have number nineteen on the Vikings, whoever the hell that is. Doesn't matter for the sake of this discussion. He sits, and Co- uh, Trey Brown sits on that too. Yeah, if you're in the cover, you're the cover two side. You sit. You don't yeah. usually bail too far back because you have safety help. So when he sits on that route and Jalen runs uh, that little corner, there's so much space. It looks like Kobe maybe caught a little flat-footed. I'm not sure. I don't know. Like you said, it could be a miscommunication. Maybe Trey's supposed to get more depth. Maybe well, Kobe's no, supposed it, to drive on that. I don't know. If it's cover six and he's on the flat, then that's his responsibility. The safety needs to be over there. And that's to your point. He was flat-footed and a little late. In that scenario, you got you to you know your reads and be there. Because in, in theory, Kobe should be there to make a play on the ball. PBU Correct. at the best. Oh, interception at the best. PBU is like, okay, cool. We didn't give up a play there. But that's what, that's why you draw it up. You think they come out of this formation, we're going this formation. It worked out. And if you're right, Mike, if it was cover six, Trey had the flat. Your safety's got to have that deep corner. Everything else, that whole, that that area, is that that's where he should have been. And unfortunately, if he was flat-footed, that's what happened there. But I guess we have to do some, you have to ask them like, Hey, what, what was this play call? Was it this? Was it that? And they can give you the game on it. 
Yeah, I wanted to do it. I didn't want to do it on camera. Um, Fair. I wanted Absolutely. to catch him in the, in the locker room, which I, I which I can do with guys sometimes. I just didn't get a chance to uh, on on Friday or whatever day the game was. Uh, the other trick part is that when a guy is going to the podium like Kobe did, when I walk over to guys, even if it's just to say what up, the PR staff will run over there and be like, hey, no, no, Mike, he's going to the podium. Don't talk to him. I'm like, all right, man, whatever. Um, it's the rules, so I'm not tripping. But, yeah, that I would, I would really like to ask him about that play because, yeah, it looks like he should break on that and, like you said, make a play on it. Like, he doesn't even really get near it. By the time he catches the ball, uh, Jalen's already going out of bounds and Kobe's like three, four yards away. Um, yeah. Like it wasn't it that that wasn't that wasn't great. The tricky part about that play is when Jalen clears the the first level of the defense, he could run a post or he could run a corner, and then Kobe kind of has to maybe not choose, but like that is a tough spot, and then he ends up running the corner. So just like Trey, just like a lot of these guys, some good stuff, some stuff that Clint Hurt's gonna yell at him about. Now I'm, I'm glad we're mentioning these guys because now we're gonna pay attention in game two for exactly. Real. Because yep. we're watching this film, or at least I'll watch it later. Um, I know the Cowboys are going to do the same thing, and they're going to try to attack all this same stuff. They're going to have a, a concept to see if Kobe bites on something or Trey bites on something or Mike Jack or whoever. So maybe some of the younger guys as well. So I like I like that there was some stuff that these guys can learn from too. But the big plays, the same, the DB room's too crowded. You really can't afford to get many big plays in this DB room. Like, and you'll fall down the chart. Yeah, like even even with uh, Kobe, for instance, like you got Julian Love, you got Quandre. Whenever Jamal gets back, don't forget about Joey Blunt. You know he hurt his back, but I tell him he's gonna be back here. Might even play against Dallas. There's a lot of safeties in that room, so um, not a lot of room to make mistakes. You get like one or two, you know, and then it's Carl Scott's like, all right, DB coach Carl Scott, like, all right, cool. Don't make that mistake no more though. So um, we'll we'll see how that goes. I wanted to point out those plays so people can keep those in mind that like. Here's specifically where those guys can they have even more chances to make plays, and here's the good plays they did make. Because I'm gonna have a hit that Kobe made on loop all weekend. <laughs> As you I, should. I just love that type of ball, man. Like, come down and hit somebody, man. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Um, but also, when the ball's in the air, go get it. You know, Trey and Kobe had two instances where, like, all right, go get it. So, um, and I think both of those guys can play. Those guys are two starters as well. Chris, this DB room is stacked. Yeah, it's it, it it's, really is. Is stacked, and we're going to see more of it as the season progresses. Thanks. Preseason one in the books. We got preseason two coming up next Saturday or Thursday, Mike. I forget already. I think it's next don't Saturday. Ask me, don't ask me none about what day it is, man. Like, I was well, next so week for sure. Night, last night, man. I'm tired as hell, dog. I feel All it. Right. But we want to thank you guys for rocking with us on our Rookies Flash and Preseason Opener pod. We'll be back next week after another preseason game. We want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Seahawks Man to Man. Again, we are nearing 3,000. So if you haven't subscribed yet, just go ahead and do that. We'll have more content for you as the season progresses, as we get ready for week one opener against the Los Angeles Rams, which should be a fun one. Other than that, Mike, is there anything you want to add before we shake? Yeah, I just want to always tell you guys, appreciate the love, appreciate the support. Um, it was a fun preseason game. Next week, it looks like it's on a Saturday. I'm playing the Cowboys. I had to check my calendar because for real, I really don't know what day it is uh, right now. But that was a fun one. I can't wait for them to play the Cowboys. That should be that should be fun. Appreciate you guys for subscribing as well. Hit that button. Hit that button. Hit that button. We really appreciate every time you guys do all the tweets, all the comments. Sorry I didn't ask for questions this time. Me and Chris are recording at the crack of dawn, so didn't really want to be reading your questions this early. Uh, so sorry about that. See if we can do that after the Cowboys game or maybe another time in the preseason. 
until then thank you Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.